Can everybody stand up? We're about to do a song from Revival, Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone. Father, I thank you for this wonderful day you've given us, God. Just come out and worship your holy name, God. I just thank you for that amazing grace that you've given us, God. I just pray as we go out through this week, God, that we just share your names with others and uh, we just spread your word, God, and we just do it to the best of our ability, God. I thank you for just another day of life, God. I thank you for sending your son to die on the cross for our sins. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. We'll love it as a special. 
short by now. God, you would have reached out and wiped our tears away. Stepped in and saved the day. Once again, I'll say amen. And it's still raining. And as the thunder rolls, I fail to hear you whisper through the rain. Falls. I raise my hands and praise God who gives and takes away. And I'll praise you in this storm. I'll lift my hands. You are who you are. No matter where I am, in every tear I cry, you hold in your hand. Never left my side, though my heart is torn. I will praise you in this storm. I remember when I stumbled in the wind. You heard my cry, you raised me up again. My strength is almost gone How can I carry on If I can't find you But as the thunder rolls I barely hear the whisper through the rain I'm with you And as your mercy falls I raise my hands And praise God who gives takes away the storm I will lift my hands you are who you are no matter where I am and every tear I cry you hold in your hand you never left my side and though my heart is I'll praise you in this storm. I lift my eyes into the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. I lift my eyes into the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker heaven and earth. And I'll praise you in this storm, and I will lift my hands, for you are who you are, no matter where I am, and every tear I cry. Hold in your hand, you never left my side, though my heart is torn. I'll praise you in this storm, though my heart is torn. I'll praise you in this storm.
Thank you, Will. And uh, thanks to our young people for leading our service tonight. And just so thrilled uh, to see each of you. You know, and one thing that, uh, and I admire these young people uh, getting up here and and doing that, uh, it goes right in with my message tonight. And speaking on this subject tonight of one moment of courage, just one moment of courage. And if you have your Bibles, we will begin in just a second in First Samuel, and then I'm just going to leave it right there. Leave it right there. First Samuel. Won't tell you where exactly. All right, and that is uh, uh, here. A while back, there was a movie that my family and I saw. It was a family-rated movie. That uh, the name of it was called "We Bought a Zoo" by Matt Damon. Anybody see it? There's a famous, and of course, it's about a a dad who's uh, a single dad who's working, trying to raise his kids by himself, and they have all sorts of obstacles, and and they end up buying a zoo. And there is a deal. He's trying to get his son to do something, and his son does not want to do this. I think, if my memory serves me correctly, he was trying to ask a girl out. And he was talking to his son about asking a girl out. He said, he said, uh, all you need, son, and this is the quote from the movie, all you need is 22 seconds of insane courage <laughs> to ask a girl out. Well, in matter of fact, it turned out that was the same quote that either his family member or somebody had told him in order to marry the boy's mom. 22 seconds of insane courage if I could just ask this girl out. You know, and sometimes all of us need 22 seconds of insane courage in order to do something great for God. A lot of times we won't take that step. But as you, we're going to look at three examples, and we could look at many more, where somebody stepped up and said, I will have 22 seconds of insane courage and I will do this for God. Here a while back, matter of fact, 2011, doesn't seem like it's three years ago. Caleb's going to be a little smaller in this short video clip. I convinced him to do something totally insane. Now we'll take a look at what this video clip has to say. Okay. Just had lunch. Caleb's changing clothes. There, there's Jen and Taylor and Sean coming on up. Caleb and I are about 14,300, just a little ways up. A little lot of low flying clouds. We're basically fixing to be higher than any place in Colorado. At 14,440 feet. Look it up. See you later. And I convinced them to climb without any assistance, oxygen, even though we needed some, didn't we? We were up ahead of them. But uh, we got up there, and there was a bunch of clouds rolling in. 
And as you see the four of them sitting there, Adrian and his son couldn't make it. They suffered from altitude sickness. Actually, Logan did, and not Adrian. Adrian really wanted to go, and Adrian and I are looking at Adrian's never been. And the two highest peaks in Colorado are Mount Elbert, what we're sitting on now, and Mount Massive, which is right beside it. And uh, especially for somebody who grew up all their life in 100 to 400 feet altitude, uh, that was insane trying to hike that thing in such a short amount of time. But you know what they're doing right here when we sat down? We, we had a worship service. We had a worship service at the highest place in Colorado. Sean wasn't my son-in-law then, but he's turned out to be a good one. I convinced them all to have a little courage in my niece Jennifer, my son Caleb, and my daughter Taylor to do something that they can look back on and say, yep, been there, done that. Does anybody know, and you can answer out loud, what chapter is the story of David and Goliath? First Samuel chapter... There you go. All right. First, right. Let's go there. First Samuel 17. We're going to look at 22 seconds of insane courage. We have two more examples to share with you. And thank the Lord he did. First Samuel chapter 17. And we're going to look at two other places that you ought to... Matter of fact, if you don't have that memorized, just write it down. In a, most Bibles have a, uh, a blank spot in the front of your Bible like that. All great places. This is one of my newer Bibles, so I'm breaking it in and writing all in it. Matter of fact, I was writing in it a while ago. But uh, anytime you run across something interesting or you hear a great quote, write it in your Bible. That'd make a great thing if you throw together a devotional. First Samuel 17, beginning with verse 40. And he took his staff in his hand, chosen five smooth stones out of the brook, and put them in a shepherd's bag, which he had even a scrip, with a sling in his hand, and he drew near to the Philistine. And the Philistine came and drew near unto David. And the man that bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disdained him because he was just a young whippersnapper. That's the redneck version. Uh, just a young whippersnapper. Verse 43, And the Philistine said unto David, Am I a dog? He didn't know what he had killed with that sling, did he? <laughs> that thou comest me with staves? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thee thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and the beasts of the field. Then said David to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and with a spear and with a shield. But I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into thine, mine hand, and I will smite thee. And I will, notice this, he's being a prophet. I will take thine head from thee. By the way, the sling didn't do that. <laughs> and I will give thee the, uh, the carcass of thy. Uh, I will give the carcasses of the hosts of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, and to all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for this is the key to victory right here. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. 
And it came to pass when the Philistine arose and came and drew nigh to meet David. And David hasted and ran toward the army to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and took thence a stone and slang it and smote the Philistine in his forehead that the stone sunk into his forehead and he fell upon his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone and with a stone and smote the Philistine and slew him. But there was no sword in the hand of David. And this is how his life ended. Some say that he was dead then, but he's definitely dead in a, in a second because he took Philistine's own sword and he chopped his head off and uh, slew him and he cut off his head therewith. The word slew means to kill. So most believe that that was the death blow that killed him. Think about that. What what happened there? Just a young, matter of fact, what, I mean, think about this. This is what the Philistine observed. When he, when David rose up with this courage and said, I'm going to do this, you know, think David wasn't in this for the grandeur. He wasn't in this for to show off, even though his oldest brother alive th- thought that's the reason he's doing this. You're just trying to come to see the war. But David said, I've got the courage. I want to take him on. I will do this. Somebody said this, and some of y'all, don't have any problem, uh, uh, you know, being in front of crowds, especially here at Promised Land. We've been around each other uh, for years and years and years and years. But, you know, of all the fears listed across the United States, of all surveys that have been given, the number one fear over and above is fear of speaking in front of people. You know, most of us have no, maybe no problem speaking in front of uh, uh, maybe a class or over here at Promised Land where we've been around a while. But, you know, a lot of times people just will tremble. And, I, and I'm just so thrilled that we put these young people to work, get them up in front of the, the crowds here at Promised Land. That way they, when they go out into the world, they, that's one fear that they've, they've faced before. But David had never faced this fear before. Folks, that's what it's all about. The battle is the Lord. So if you're facing a fear, if you need 22 seconds of insane courage, you tell God and say, God, I can't do it without you. The battle is what? The battle is the Lord's. That's the secret to facing your fears. That's the secret to having 22 seconds of insane courage is for that to be your foundation and bedrock for any fear that you say, I just can't do this, Brother Michael. There's no way in the world I can face this. There's no way in the world I can do that. The battle is the Lord's. Next, a great story. Some of you may know off the top of your head for this insanely courageous, some would say. But have you ever noticed that, before I mention this next story, how that it, it, you mention anything like whether it be climbing a mountain or running after a giant or my next story. Does anybody know, where's the story in the Bible of Peter walking on the water? New Testament. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matthew 14. You can head there. 
Matthew 14. Now get this, get this. Y'all remember what I shared this morning about uh, the woman who broke the alabaster box of ointment to anoint Jesus, and everybody saw that it was worth a year's wages. And remember the people said, of course we know Judas led some of that naysaying, and the people said, uh, what, what, what's going on here? That's crazy. This could have been sold and given to the poor. A lot of times everybody thinks that, you know, have an opinion on how to spend money. The Lord has a better opinion, okay? Because G- there was the, what the people said, and then Jesus said, what Jesus say? What Jesus say concerning what the woman did? She's done a good thing. She's done a, you know, name a yearly salary. All that in one box, and she just put it on Jesus. And Jesus said she did a good thing. This is the same way with courage. Think about this. Whether it's climbing a mountain, whether it's attacking a nine-foot-tall giant, or whether it's walking on the water, you ask any crowd, and some will say this, that's foolish. Some say, that, man, what courage. There's always a different opinion whenever there's big obstacles, big things. So That's just crazy. Why would you want to climb a mountain? They said the same thing about David. You're a young whippersnapper. You are foolish. You are crazy. Guess what the other disciples were saying when Peter stepped out of the boat? It's not in there, but I guarantee you they're thinking it. He's crazy. He's an idiot. He, but he was the only one who did it. He was, I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, you can go say, well, I want to go do this for the Lord. I want to go do that for the Lord. I just want to go up to the top of a mountain and say, Jesus saves. Some will say, you're crazy. Some will say, man, I wish I was up there with you. I I wish I was up there with you. So in the story in Matthew chapter 14, the second instance of, of having insane courage, Matthew... 14, let me get over there, beginning with verse 22, and straightway, Jesus constrained, that means he he motivated the disciples to get into the ship and to go the other side, and he sent the multitudes away, and when he sent them away, he went up in the mountain to pray. When the evening has come, he was there alone, but the ship was now in the middle of the sea, we know that's the Sea of Galilee, tossed with the waves, for the waves were, wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, that's about 3 a.m. to 6 a.m., Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. I've seen the Sea of Galilee. It's several miles across. So if he walked there, that's, he had a little stroll, but that's nothing for Jesus. And the disciples saw him, verse 26, walking on the sea. They were troubled saying, it is a spirit, and they cried out for fear. There were legends of ghosts that haunted the Sea of Galilee. There were. I was talking to an archaeologist one time who worked in the area. Matter of fact, it, it corroborated with the legends. A lot of them were fearful because Jesus, remember what he did with the uh, uh, set of demons called Legion? He set them off into the, the pigs, that's right, the swine, 
and they ran into the sea. And guess what? The disciples knew that. <laughs> so not only now are there legends of ghosts out there, but now they know there's a thousand demons somewhere out there. And so guess what? It stands to no surprise. The first thing they do when the lightning's flashing, by the way, they had no flashlights back then. So how in the world do they see Jesus, whether it be by moonlight, starlight, or flat? If there's a storm, there's no moonlight or, or starlight if there's a storm going on. That's called clouds. And so all they see is lightning flashing. And what do they see? Well, there's no way in the world they're going to trust that. But what does Jesus say? Makes sense. What does he say? Be not afraid. It's me. Peter says amongst, uh, apparently his ears were better than everybody else. <clears throat> and he says, uh, Lord, if it's you, let me come out there on the water. And then Peter nearly fell out of his rubber boots whenever Jesus said, come on. That's verse 29. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, which gives you an idea of the size of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. When he saw the wind boisterous and was afraid and beginning to sink, I looked up that word beginning because I saw an artist's rendition, and there are several, that has Peter up to his waist. I think he, maybe, he might have got to his ankles. Because the word there, beginning, means immediately. I mean, it went from the, the water. When the water went from the bottom of his feet, the word beginning tells you this. When the water went from the bottom of his feet and started coming up around it, he cried out. and said, Lord, save me. And folks, if you, here's the whole key. Here's the whole key to the 22 seconds of insane courage right here. Ask God. For the impossible. That way you'll know it wasn't you. You ever thought about that? Because a lot of people said, uh, well, the doctors might have saved them. Or I, I got so-and-so to come to church. Yeah. Or you know what? Our church is blessed, but we've been really working hard. Ask God for the impossible, and you'll know who did it. There's no way in the world that Peter can, and me or you or any of us can walk on water. But he asked for what? The impossible. Ask God to do something incredible in your life. That's called... Now, listen, remember what I said. All of these events, if you do, if you try any of these things, I guarantee you somebody's going to call you crazy. Attack a problem so big that there's no way you can do it. Ask God to do something so incredible in your life that people think you're nuts. Come climb a mountain with me. There's no way in the world I'll do that with you, preacher. It's okay. We worship there too. All that means is, is I've got courage enough to try something that I've never done before. Courage enough to say, I'll tackle the giant. Courage enough to say, if Jesus is there, I want to be with him. The last one. 22 seconds of insane courage.
Anybody know real quick? Anybody? Just real quick. There's only one place in the Bible that's found. The story of Zacchaeus. Luke 19. Somebody might have said it and I didn't hear it. Luke 19. Let's head there. Luke 19. Beginning with verse 1. The whole story is wrapped up in the first 10 verses. The first 10 verses. With probably verse 10 being the most famous one. Those three stories, by the way, would be stories that would be great to have to memory. Because you, any, those are three classic stories. David and Goliath. Peter walking on the water. The story of Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the oak tree. (laughs) Just seeing if you're awake. All right. All right. And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was chief among the publicans. And he was rich. Rich, because he'd been... Uh, pilfering everybody for all their money. (laughs) And he sought to see Jesus, who he was. And he could not for the press, the crowd, and because he was of little stature. And he ran before and he climbed up in a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus was come to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. Jesus wants to come to my house. That I'm just so excited. And guess what happened? He got saved. When they all saw it, guess again, what have I been preaching all along? What's right here in verse 7? It doesn't matter what you do for the Lord. Some will call you crazy. Some will call you crazy if you attempt to do anything courageous for God. And some of them said, he's going to guess to be with a man that's a sinner. Verse 8. And Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, sometime I report, and he got saved. He came to know Jesus. I think he got saved when he came down. Some point in time when he let go. As I was talking to, to Billy Wayne Harwell but before he died, I was in the hospital. And he was talking about having church over there in this building right over here. And he said, Preacher, and it's about 1959. He was uh, 14 years old in 1959. And he said, If there had been an elephant in the aisle, I'd have knocked it down getting down there. But he asked me this question. He said, Preacher, was I saved when I let go of the pew or when I prayed the prayer? I said, I think when you let go. When Zacchaeus let go of that limb, it was all said and done what he was going to do with Jesus. What he was going to do with Jesus. And folks, and what he was doing with Jesus is he's going to him. And he's having 22 seconds of insane courage. And you know what he thinks? Is he considering Jesus or is he listening to all those naysayers in the crowd? No, he said, I'm listening to Jesus. I'm listening to Jesus. And then he says, you got, he got saved, verse 9. Matter of fact, how much more of a clear verse in verse 9 is there Jesus saying somebody got saved? And then verse 9, saying, Jesus saying, he got saved. That's a pretty powerful verse, isn't it? And then, of course, the famous verse 10, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. And I want to tell you this right now. 
What's so incredible? What were, what, yes, it was the courage to climb up the tree. That was probably, they looked at him like, well, he's just a, look at the little old midget. Poor thing. He's vertically challenged. And look at him, poor thing. And you know, they was making fun of him. They said, well, they didn't like him anyway because they knew he was a tax collector and that he was rich and all that. And the Bible says all that about him. But here's the key. This fellow only had one shot. You know why? Jesus never went by there again. Read the story. He was on his way to Jerusalem, and Jesus died thereafter. Read the story. That was the last time Jesus went by that way. Matter of fact, when Jesus looked up in the tree, what were his words? Today I must abide at thy house. 22 seconds of insane courage. Let that man get saved. Because he put out of his mind about what, I, don't, I cannot worry about what people think. I know this man. I need to get to this man. I need to, to do, I need to meet him. And he did. At some point in time between letting go of that limb and going to that house, he was saved eternally. And one day, you're going to walk around in heaven there's going to be somebody shorter than you. And you're going to say, I've read your story. That was awesome. I know. Will you say, I, I'm willing? Maybe I, I, I've just been holding back. And I need to be more courageous for the Lord. I need to do something that He's leading you to do. A door that He wants you to go through. An opportunity He wants you to take. As we prepare for Him invitation. Father, I just thank You for these awesome examples of people that stood up. People that uh, said that they wanted to live for You. They wanted to, to try something so incredible that only through Your strength could it be done. Thank You so much for letting us see these examples tonight. In Jesus' name, Amen.